Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Louis D'Souza here on this Monday, November the 5th, 2018. It is 8 a.m. New York time, 1 p.m. London time, and uh, we're getting those times under control today because we had a little bit of a scheduling glitch. Uh, we, we're going to have a special guest on uh, to talk to us about Jinshin Jitsu, and uh, unfortunately, it never occurred to me to let Louie know that we had a time change here in the U.S. today, so uh, the schedule didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to, but uh, Astrid hopefully will be joining us next week, and this week we'll just continue our conversation we've been having about health, and specifically about how we can improve our own health uh, using the law of attraction, using some very uh, basic practices that Louis has learned about over the years and, and had some rather remarkable results with. So, Louis, good morning. Uh, after a little bit of a glitch there, we're off finally. That's the good thing. Morning, Walt. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm cool, cool. All right. That's a good thing. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, it, was, it was okay. I had a bit of a, a small health issue, which um, we, can, we can talk about um, and, and how I resolved it. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I thought it would be a good, a good topic to, to bring in today as well. So. Yeah, sure. That yeah. sounds good. Uh, well, before we get going, I want to make sure that, uh, first of all, I acknowledge the people in the Facebook Law of Attraction Changed My Life group who are tuning into the episode today. Welcome. We're glad that you're here with us. And secondly, I want to uh, uh, alert people uh, that you are, well, first of all, if you're not yet a subscriber, we want you to become a subscriber to the podcast so you can get all the episodes that come out every single day. Uh, twice daily, Monday through Friday, once on the weekend, plus some special events that we've been doing. Um, and it's pretty easy to do. Uh, the instructions are on the homepage, LOAToday.net, and we've actually simplified that homepage. It's down to three links, one for Android users, one for uh, iPhone users, and one for people who want to get to the, the old homepage, which has all the rest of the information on it. So it's about as simple as we can make it right now. <laughs> so, you know, go there and, and click That's the link. Right. Yeah, yeah, we got to make it simple. Uh, you know, so go there. I always enjoy the... the- Enjoy the KISS method. Hey? The KISS method, right. Keep it simple. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so We'll have to rewrite that for the other way. Hey? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, we, don't, we don't want to call people stupid. That's true. So no, keep, no. Keep, keep, it, keep it simple, smarty. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that works. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, please do become a subscriber. And uh, once you become a subscriber, all of the episodes come streaming right to your smartphone or other device that you're using. And uh, once you're a subscriber, and for our existing subscribers, please put out on social media that you're listening or watching uh, this particular podcast and every one, one of the podcasts that we do so that other people can find out about it because our goal is to get uh, the Daily Dose of Happy into everyone's hands every single day. And then, I, Louis, I still keep dreaming about it every day, tens of thousands of people tuning into each episode, getting happier, and then going out and Excellent. living their lives. And I just think, wow, <laughs> that just that gets me excited whenever I think about that. So, <laughs> so there we have our, our – You know what? No, go ahead. Many years ago when I was studying all the masters, et cetera, they were always, most of them were saying, fake it until you make it. And I was like, mm. what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it took it, me a while to, to understand it. But once you understand the law of attraction, it completely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're here to create our reality, not face our reality. We were actually talking about that in last night's podcast because uh, the husband of of Anne-Marie, Mike McEwen, uh, came onto the podcast for a few minutes to Mm -hmm. tell me that he had been working with mirror exercises, which I had recommended to him a number of weeks back, and he'd been doing it for three weeks now. 
and really re- remarked on how he had to apply himself. So in a sense, he had to fake it till he made it. Um, but that yeah. it's really been making a difference, and he'd been dredging up stuff from childhood that he didn't even know was in the way, and so forth. So you're right; you have to fake it till you make it. Sounds strange on the surface, but it's one of those things. If you can kind of push yourself to just keep trying it over and over anyway, you start getting the results, and the results can be eye-opening, uh, whether it's regarding mm. health or anything else, really. So yeah, it, it's one of those things you you don't want to do forever because it, it can be rather exhausting to constantly be faking it. But uh, once you get yourself into the habitual frame of mind, then it becomes a lot easier. That's really the good news. Well, Walt, I would maybe put, put it a different way, is when, when you're really faking it on what you want. Oh, yes. Okay. So you're just dreaming and visualizing what you want. It's really no effort at all. It's actually because it's... You, you're, you're not forcing it. You're not pushing it. You're not really striving for it. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're just in, enveloping yourself in that beauty of of what you want, which is different to saying, let's go push and do it and fight and all the rest of it. It's a very different. Abram Hicks has been spending a lot of time trying to get people to really understand the subtle difference between, you know, going upstream and downstream. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, our whole life we've been taught that you need to row hard, push hard, strive, etc. to go and get to your goals when Abram says, well, what happens if you put everything you want is actually downstream, so just take the oars, put them inside the boat, the river will turn the boat around and it'll take you downstream and you don't have to do anything other than focus on what you want. And when you're focusing on what you want, there really is no effort to it because there's so much enjoyment in just visualizing what you want that um, it, it doesn't really take take anything out of you. That's true. Yeah, so the, the actual I'm, effort. I'm always in, the, the actual effort. I'm always is, encouraging is people to that. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. that the actual effort is, is minimal. The, for me, the effort has always been getting myself to do it, getting myself to you know mm. if, if if I'm in a a, a a place where I'm trying to I don't know I'm trying to attract something funk, I, they call it these a days funk yeah I'm in a funk <laughs> if, you, if you're in that funky place and you just can't seem to focus the way you want to and then you get frustrated because you can't focus the way you want to that that's where I find the effort takes place you have to kind of say you know what? I'm gonna just do this anyway you know because like you say once you start doing it, it's not that it's really a difficult thing it's not like oh god I gotta yeah, yeah. you know break the rocks or something like that it's just you have to get yourself to do it and that can take a little time and a little bit of determination to get there. Um, but you're right, it doesn't have to be effortful. It has to be just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talking about that, uh, this weekend I, I had a, a digestive challenge where the food just wasn't going through my digestive system. Ooh. Um, and, I, and I was becoming constipated. So uh, it really felt like a biggie to me because usually I just hold my high ones, which is um, between the knee and the thigh. You pop your hands over and you hold it. You hold those two points, and and it really helps things move down very, very easily or up. Um, it, it helps thing uh, the energy move down and up. So, what it'll do, it'll make you burp or fart <laughs> um, very, very easily and, and quickly. So, um, you know, it's really helping the energy go down mostly. That's what I use the the high ones for, as they call them. So just holding your inner thighs with your hands would be one of the things. But I tried that. It wasn't working. And uh, I I went on to try a few other things. I did my my water, which wasn't helping either. And uh, I I went and lay down in my bed, and I started to do the the large intestine and small intestine flow 
Astrid will start explaining a little more about these, but we will never get involved that deeply. This is when you get more advanced in Jinshin. Um, it's quite a, a series of holds that you you'd hold. So, and then you move on to. Uh, then I moved on to to working in the way I often work, which is directly on the spine. Now, this is something that I've worked out for myself over the years, and that the spine is incredibly powerful if you put your hands on two different places on your spine. Um, and I'm usually working my fingers up the spine, and, or, or I can feel directly where to put my hand, at least one hand initially. And then I get the input to put my hand on another area, and it was quite interesting. It took a while, but once it kicked in, there's quite a bit of throbbing in my fingertips. Uh, or sometimes you feel electricity uh, surge, but it was throbbing um, on the weekend. And then I heard all the gurgling going on in my stomach. And it must have taken about an hour or maybe even more, which is long for me. It's a really long time. But without any tablets, without any medication, with with only focusing on what I wanted, so... I just visualized, I used Abraham Hicks's concept where visualizing everything moving through my colon beautifully and coming out, moving through my colon beautifully, imagining hundreds of, all the cells are opening up and everything's clearing and all my intelligent cells, I know what to do and where to go and how to go. And I just keep on visualizing, using Jinshin, visualizing, using Jinshin and Everything just sorted itself out. I had some great poos. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the strangest things to announce to the world, but, it, but it's good. It's good news. <laughs> oh, no, I've got no problem with the poos and, the, and all, all the bodily functions. I no problem whatsoever. But, um, it was great because, you know, there's quite a lot of relief, and, and it, it had been constipated for a while, uh, probably, what, a day or two for me. That's a long time. So it, it really didn't smell very nice either, um, so it was quite – quite pungent, but, um, you know, once it clears out, you felt better. I also very sensitive, so I actually felt all the detox effects of being bunged up mm. because, you know, when you're bunged up and the stuff starts going, um, what do you call it, septic or whatever, mm -hmm. um, it, it's really uh, quite toxic to the body, so mm -hmm. to, to, to eliminate it is, is incredibly important. Right. I know some people who don't go to the toilet for a week, and I just don't understand it. I just have no idea how that happens. Uh, I, I don't even <laughs> want to try to figure that one out. <laughs> All I know is... Their body must be really getting toxic, and they must be getting quite angry and frustrated. It, 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 it just sounds very painful no matter how I look at it because I mean, just, uh, yeah, weak, yeah, forget that. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but, but I love the fact that you described um, how you focused on your colon just clearing and just, you know, opening up and so yeah. forth because that, that kind of approach is the one that I found to be most effective for anything that's health related. It's Absolutely. not, again, it comes down to doing it. I mean, you, you don't really have to effort it, but sometimes I found I have to apply a, a certain effort in the sense of making myself focus there because our tendency is I want to focus on the pain. The pain is right there. How can you not focus on yeah. the pain? How can it's, you not focus on the discomfort? Yeah. 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 So you have to, you have to really kind of apply some discipline to really do it at times. Um, but when you can do it, when you can pull that off and really maintain that focus, and and even in that, in those cases, I'm aiming. For, I'm not trying to get my focus on it all day long. I'm trying to focus on it for a second, and then two seconds, and then three seconds, and five, and then ten, and fifteen to just kind of work my way up a little bit until I can get some sort of improvement there. 
uh, gives me a way to to kind of reward myself. Good, I got up to three seconds. Let's go for four. You know that kind of thing. And and in doing that, then I find I can get the results that I'm looking for. But it takes some it takes some application. You have to kind of really you have to do it. You have to commit to it. So so when you know what you don't want, a constipated, uncomfortable, toxing stomach, then you you really get quite clear oh, because yes. you understand how it works, <laughs> oh, what yes. you want, okay? It becomes quite clear. I want I want my stomach to be ease. I want it to be in that nice place again. I want it to work beautifully, etc. Now, it's so tempting when we get to the stage. We tend to want to say, I don't want the pain. Mm, oh, I yes. don't want this. I don't want that, okay? And it's very important when you want to work with the law of attraction that you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I always love how we, we okay. play it that way. We don't want you to say don't, and then we say don't, right? Don't. <laughs> but that's the way human beings think. We 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 think in terms of logic. We're very you know? programmed like that. Yeah. Very, very programmed. And you start seeing it so clearly once you start getting the law of attraction. It does take a little um, doing, too, to, to kind of switch the thinking around. But once you start doing it... It, it gives you a different perspective on life, I find, not just the, the particular problem you're addressing, but just recognizing, yeah. first of all, how often we, we just do the negation thing. And secondly, mm-hmm. finding what happens in terms of just getting a better life experience when we don't negate, when we deliberately say, nope, I'm not going to negate. Instead, I'm going to turn to, let's see, what's the wording that helps me say it in the positive? Just that activity starts to yeah. shift the mind. It shifts the way we think about things. Well, it starts allowing the law of attraction to bring us what we want instead of what we don't want. Mm, it certainly <laughs> does. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, but I'm thinking just the brain chemistry change. And literally the brain chemistry, I think, changes when you when you shift to the more positive um, approach to things. You, you you start expecting different things in your life from what you were expecting before. Absolutely. You know, you start expecting that uh, things are going to work out better. Um, you start th- expecting that the old patterns are breaking up. You start expecting change, and and that's for me that's a huge thing, because anytime I can mm. get myself into that expectant pose, now I don't necessarily know what's coming, but I know at least it's not going to be the same old routine that I've been replaying in my head all those years. At least it's going to be new, mm. and hopefully it's going to be something good, and it almost always is. Well, if you're focusing on what you want, it can't be otherwise than making you happy and, and be right. Mm-hmm. You know, it just works that way. Um, because we're, we're always reevaluating what we want, you know. As um, the story goes, you know, if I get a, a Jaguar, my, my new Jaguar tomorrow, you know, it'll satisfy me for the afternoon, but after that, you know, I'll want something else. So your <laughs> wants are always changing and changing and changing. Uh, I remember when I, when I bought my first motorbike, I, it's quite a funny story, really. I didn't have a license, so... I bought the motorbike and I, I asked the guy to drive it because he wouldn't allow me to drive it away. He drove mm-hmm. it to my house and left it there. Mm-hmm. So I jumped on the motorbike once he had gone and started riding around. And by, <laughs> you know, half an hour later, I was like, I want a faster bike. You know, this is a 750cc. <laughs> so it, it was powerful, but, I, you know, it didn't take me long before I was like, oh, I want something stronger, <laughs> more powerful than this. It was yeah. quite funny because just, just to go into that story a little bit more. I was going to take my learner's license. So I had my red leathers and red jacket and everything. You know, I'd, ki- I'd kitted out for a long beforehand. And I was driving to to write my learner's license, okay? Mm-hmm. So I didn't have no license. Mm-hmm. And I came down a hill and got a speeding fine. Oh, dear. 
<laughs> but in South Africa in those days, you know, they, they didn't have computers and they couldn't check instantly. So they wrote me up and they took all my details and all the rest of it. And then, you know, they'd go back and fill it in at the office later. So I carried on, drove, and I was sitting there praying that I'd pass my learner's license, and I did. <laughs> it, was, it was quick and easy, and all the paperwork went through, and I paid that fine very happily. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> That's funny, though. Oh. Well, it, it shows – well, I mean, law of attraction was going in a lot of different ways on that particular story. I mean, on the one hand, you were you were driving along. You were very cognizant of the fact that you didn't have a license. So, of course, you attract yeah, the situation. I got I got the fine. Yeah. yeah. And and then you also. And I was thinking this is the last day I'm going to be like <laughs> the last one, right? <laughs> Not going to happen anymore. The last time I'm going to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, but the best part is you refocused on what it is that you wanted, rather than oh my god, wanted, I just got absolutely. this. Because you could have stayed focused on oh, I got this fine. Oh. I yeah, this no, is terrible. No, I'm, I'm in for it. They're going to hang, draw, and caution me. <laughs> right. Yeah, you could have stayed there, but you no didn't. License and driving. Yeah. That made a big, big difference. And, and it's those little things that do make a big difference that we, we overlook them. We don't even think about them so often, but they are really yeah. very important. Yeah. There's, there's another incident that happened to me. I, I talked about it once before I was a co-host on, I think, Joel's talk. Mm -hmm. um, when, when I was co-hosting with Joe, Joel there. Um, so... It was a story when I was in the sauna, my good old sauna, and there was this guy, he uh, came in, and I hadn't really seen him before, so I started to chat to him, hi, how are you, you know, have you been been in the club long, and all the rest of it, and he was very short with his answers, so I, I said, uh, you know, okay, um, what do you do for a living, you know, just trying to get something out of him, and he said, uh, I catch up, I said, oh, that's great, you're catching up on what, like sleep, or or what? And he looked at me like a little bit, and uh, he said, no, I'm just catching up. I said, oh, well, I'm really curious what you're catching up on. What are you catching up on? And uh, he, he was grumpy again, didn't want to speak to me much. Um, so I said to him, you know, you know what I would say? I would say something like, wouldn't it have be been nice if I was always getting things done instead of catching up? And he looked at me and he said, hmm. <laughs> so what you're trying to say to me is, you're talking about the glass half empty, glass half full concept. I said, you got it. That's precisely <laughs> it. So he said to me, so you're telling me my, my glass is half empty? I said, no, you're telling me your glass is half empty. And he was so annoyed with me. He got up and he started walking out. And as he walked out, I said, do you understand how important it is to – how important the negative is? So when you know what you don't want, you have a better idea what you do want. And he's like, and he was walked out and he was totally grumpy. I heard later on that one of the other guys bumped into him and said, God, that guy who psychoanalyzed me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it was really interesting because through that whole conversation, I was going inside and saying, does this feel good to me? Mm. Does this feel good to me? And it felt good the whole way through even when he left. Really? Okay. Still felt good. So what I understood from that is sometimes you can be a vibrational match and push people's buttons. Oh, sure. That's easy yeah. to do. Yeah. Actually, it's often hard to go through life without doing that, feeling in that good place yes. and pushing somebody else's <laughs> buttons. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's interesting how it's a vibrational match, that whole conversation. Hmm. And you don't really get that in time. Sometimes you feel, oh, well, was I bad? Was I mean? Was I unkind? You know, you, you do all this kind of stuff to yourself. And as soon as you think about all that kind of thought that might go on in your head, you think 
does this feel good to me or does it feel bad? No, it feels bad. So what's my soul saying? My soul saying, don't agree with that thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about so, that very concept uh, over the last couple of days, actually. Noticing yeah. that there were certain situations in which I, basically my inner being was disagreeing with me. Or more precisely, I was disagreeing with it. Because my inner being is always happy. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing I have to keep reminding myself. My inner being is always like, yay, it's party time, let's go. And I'm the one who's saying, no, it's not. we got this terrible thing going on right now. What the heck are you talking about? But that's me disagreeing mm-hmm. with it, not the other way around. It was always saying it's happy. So when I realized that, I, I, I noticed that okay, I'm in this, this funky place again, and ugh, why am I in the funky place again? And why do I have to deal with this? Blah, 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 get through all that stuff. And then finally remember, oh, yeah, funkiness, the, the, the down feeling, the depressed feeling, the angry feeling, the fearful feeling, that's just me disagreeing with my inner being. So what does my inner being think of this thing? And my initial reaction is almost always, well, it's, it's saying that, it's seeing the silver lining to this terrible thing that's going on right now. And that my first thought is that pisses me off because I'm feeling bad about it. It's like, you know, <laughs> why is my inner being this it's very clear? This is not a good situation. I, I have every right in the world to feel so bad about this situation. And then once I get past that part that I remember, Oh yeah, that's not the only way to look at stuff. But boy, when you're in the middle of it, it seems like it is. And I kind of think that's what your your friend in the sauna was experiencing. He was saying to himself, yeah. this is the way life is. Life is always like this. Who's this nutcase who's, who's psychoanalyzing me? That That's what his reaction was. The cool thing, though, is that you, you touched with your inner being and your inner being said, yeah, I feel good with this. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not always a, a place that we can get into. You were in a good place that day. You were in a really good place where you could just kind of let it all hang out and, you know, let the trip fall where they may. It didn't even bother you if he wasn't going to react Absolutely, well. yeah. You know, yeah. that's a very powerful It was interesting. My, my daughter said to me this weekend, oh, I like pushing your buttons, Dad. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> I can understand that. I'm a vibrational match sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not always a happy guy. Not always. I don't know anybody who really is, but the good news is when you're able to be there like a majority of the time or even the vast majority of the time, if you can be in that happy place. Well, even you know, more than 52%, I think, is, is great. <laughs> 52% is excellent, yeah. And in fact, if, yeah, it, if, yeah. if you want to compare yourself to others, which usually isn't a good idea anyway, but if you're going to do it, that's a good one to, to compare on because most people are in the negative zone. So you put yourself at 52%, you're ahead of most of the human race at that point. You're 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 building momentum for the positive side. So That's right. when you're on the negative side, you, you want to go through the relief and the release, mm-hmm. which is let, you know letting go. And when you get to the positive side, you want to add on to, you want to get more of. Exactly. So it's quite, quite interesting how it's letting go on the negative and it's, and it's you know, adding to on the positive side. Now, the, the reason I keep pushing down this particular path is if we're talking about health, again, like I said earlier, often – when we're dealing with health issues, we're dealing with stuff that's really uncomfortable, often painful. And usually, if it's chronic, it's also has a little bit of a fear factor, like, oh, my God, this is never going to go away. When we're in those states, that's the time when it's hardest to get into that positive place. But like you're pointing out with what you just said, it's the momentum. You can, be, you can start building that momentum in the right direction. And if you can do that, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you persist with that... It's amazing what you can do. I mean, you, you, I have not uh, quite accomplished the kinds of things you've told us about on the podcast, but I've accomplished certain things where health is concerned. And I, I just continue to marvel at the fact that I can move the needle at all. 
I think it's wonderful that mm-hmm. we can do it. I think it's great that we actually do have the ability to self-heal. And, you know, so with, with that little preamble, with that little preliminary, uh, we've been talking about health for quite some time, but what's the next step for us to learn? What else can we learn to get ourselves into being more successful self-healers? The, the important thing to do is to understand the basics and then build it out. So we've been through these before, and the basics are where you place your thought, that's going to be your reality. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's such a biggie. It's such a biggie. It's not to be underestimated. Mm-hmm. That is you begin with any health problem and a story. Okay? Don't underestimate that. Um, be clear and be understand how the law of attraction works. Okay? If you want to get better, first thing you really need to understand is, is when you focus on what you want, you're going to get more of it. When you focus on what you don't want, you're going to get more of it. Okay, that's that's the most important thing. So once you've stepped out from there, the next step, you know, I'm trying to make it as really as simple as possible for anybody. The next step is to understand how to let go, to get relief and release. All right? So there's many, many different ways of doing that. Everybody's got their own cure, okay? Oh, yes. On, on some level, in some subject, on some element, okay? So... We're fairly clear on that because we've been doing that for years. Mm -hmm. So what we may not be clear about is that when we're doing that, we're getting relief and release. Okay? Um, And getting relief and release gets us into a place of starting to get to what we want. When we get to what we want, we focus more on that. We get to excellent health, vitality, passion, living life to the fullest. Okay? So there's these scales that, that you've got to go through to get from where you are to where you want to be. And just just saying anything, okay, I've got a headache. Wouldn't it be nice if I had a clear head that was feeling good and I was in a good place? Now, even I'm struggling to find the words because, you know, I instantly want to say not have a headache. Right, of course. Yeah, that's the first, <laughs> right. that's like the, the knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> the knee-jerk reaction, yes. So, you, you you need to start programming yourself to think in terms of what you want, and that is very different to what we've been doing before. Mm-hmm. And you can literally, to do a little exercise, I would say write down a whole lot of ailments that you commonly get, and then find the rocket of desire that comes out. What are the words you would use for no headache? What is the words you would use for good digestion or for no stomachache? What, what words would you use for... Um, no tinnitus or no cancer or no whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So what words would you use? Now, oftentimes a healthy act of lifestyle and body would be what we would say mm-hmm. for almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how short and simple it is yes. compared to the whole what you don't want scenario, which is so massive. Uh, so that that, that the, the steps... For example, I learned Jinshin. So just to give you an idea, uh, I started something called Energy Medicine by Donna Eden. I don't know if you ever heard of her. I've seen her live in London a few times, an American lady who can see auras, who found by tapping different places, um, you can get the energy moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really got quite far with that. And then I started with Jinshin, and of course, we're going to go into it next next week with Astrid, and now we've got our time sorted. Yes. So, you know, what the one thing I'm really trying to point out here is once I learn Jinshin, once you learn Reiki or 
um, once you learn to use your tissue salts or whatever it is that you find is better for you, once you learn that, then you find that um, th this is the way I would say Jinshin has done for me. I feel like I'm cheating now. It's so easy for me to transform what I don't want health-wise into what I do want that literally in the beginning, about the first two years in Jinshin, I, I had this strong feeling that I was cheating and I knew stuff other people didn't. Okay. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> I can do it, you can't. Um, but you get more and more and more confident about your health and your body. And Abraham has stated, and I'm just interesting because I'd never heard anybody mention this before, but they did that. To transform your body compared to get more money or something outside yourself is easier than anything else because you live and you are with your body all the time. So moving your body from one place to another is actually easier than um, some of the other things that we may want in this life. That's and interesting. I found that very interesting because I'd never thought of it that way before. And it was like, oh, that's, that, that that's, makes sense to me because the amount of progress from what, from an ailment to uh, a balanced, healthy body uh, is being very um, often and very consistent and very clear to me that I can do this and I can make the shift. And I'd really love more and more and more people to get that kind of confidence in their own health and their body. Because, you know, as I've mentioned a few times to you that I, I, I enjoy being sick, and I wanted to explain that maybe just a little yeah, more. Yeah, that's, that is... that's probably worth exploring a little bit, because that's a, kind of a strange thing to say. <laughs> I love to be sick. No, wait a bit. Hold on. <laughs> when I'm sick, I can use the tools I've got to change. And when you're sick, the place that you're starting from is way down here, and where you're going is way over there. So the contrast is huge and you can feel along the way and you can feel getting to the other side. All right. So it, it, it's nice because you know, you've got the power, the tools, you know, that nobody else has ever healed you. You heal yourself. You really got that clear in your head. Okay. It's a really tricky one. Okay. The doctor did it. The tablet did it. Did it. No, you did it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, it's big. Every time, no mm. exception mm -hmm. in any circumstance for any individual. Um, so it's really, it's really once, you, once you grasp that, you realize, okay, so the power to change anything for my body is inside me, all right, right inside. It's not out there. Mm. So, okay, right, it's inside me. So literally inside you, as Abram puts it, is the power that creates worlds. Now, if you can create a world, you can sort out a little element like cancer or whatever, okay, mm -hmm. because you... That's where the healing happens from, in any case, anybody who's had a remission in cancer, it's because they have gone down the route of believing more in healthy, active lifestyle than they have in the sickness. <clears throat> and it's really interesting because you get a lot of people who go into remission who have the cancer again. And, and if they have the cancer again, what's happening is their thoughts are going back to, oh, oh I hope I don't get it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then they activate the vibration of whatever that was, and they bring it back into the present. <clears throat> I often so wonder, too, I wonder, too, how much of this is, uh, you described a, that sequence there. They have the cancer, they go into remission, uh, the cancer recurs. 
And I'm wondering how much of that is them trusting in the doctor, trusting in the prognosis. Now, this cancer usually leads to remission, and so it leads to remission because you believe in what the doctor is telling you. And then the doctor warns you, though, this can actually recur again. And so it recurs again because you're following the same path that the doctor uh, suggested that you, you should follow. And, yeah. and you don't realize you're the one who's creating it because you're following his advice. So when you are looking for the answer outside yourself, you can get thrown around like you're describing, like, like a leaf in the wind. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wh whoever's you believe in the most, okay, Get the biggest vote for yourself, and it and it'll throw you this way or that way or this way or that way. Mm -hmm. So it's quite amusing because I heard Oprah Winfrey say on on TV the, the other day, you know, you've got to stay away from negative people. And I thought, oh, 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 oh that's wrong. That's completely wrong. And I've heard many people say that. Okay, it's not just Oprah. Winfrey. Oh, I've said it too. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 I try to stay away from negative people because it drives me nuts. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. Yeah. How does it work? Well, do you, can, can you see it? Well, er, what you're talking about, I believe, is recognizing that every uh, negative situation, every situation that uh, is one where you're saying, I don't like that, I want something different, is really an opportunity to redirect the thinking, to, to, to practice moving in the direction that you want. And it requires a shift. It requires shifting yourself. But nevertheless, it's the opportunity coming up and you can take advantage of that opportunity. At least that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. So how, how would you protect yourself from negative people? By running away from them or pushing them away? Or, or how, how, what, what is, when you understand the law of attraction, what is the way not to get negative people coming to your life? No, focus on them. <laughs> I, just stop. <clears throat> I just stop focusing on them. I, I just don't pay any attention to them anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Withdraw attention from what you don't want. Mm -hmm. Focus your attention on what you do want. And if mm -hmm. that is positive people, guess who you're going to bump into? That's it. Even that negative person, you're going to bump into them when they're more positive. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. More often than not, it actually. It does work like that. Yeah. yeah. I still get people coming into my life who are, who are really in a negative place. But they don't stay very long. They they actually you know they, they kind of bounce off you in, in in the metaphor that we're using right now. It's like they show up and boom they're yeah. gone. You know they don't stick. One of two things happens is either they will get thrown out of your vortex because you're vibra you're not a vibrational match, or they will raise your vibration. That's true. That does sometimes happen, doesn't it? We do have that positive influence on people, and mm -hmm. you know if they're susceptible to it if they're they're receptive to uh, having that vibration raised they'll raise it for pretty much the same reason that we'll start believing that we're going to be in remission because the doctor told us so because somebody yeah. else had an impact on us we're that leaf in the wind that you're talking about or actually in this case yeah, they are yeah. the leaf in the wind and i watch a lot of people get thrown around by that wind mm. and to encourage people to really understand the concepts, and I've said it and I'll say it a hundred more times, that you have within you the power that creates worlds, and, and really get it to stick, get, it, get, get, get the real belief of that, and, and start to feel it, start to understand it, start to appreciate that you really have the power within you. Mm. And it's not outside, and it never was, because you don't, there's no insertion in an attraction-based universe. Now, I know I've mentioned this once before, but 
I don't know if we need to clarify that. There's no assertion in an attraction-based Yeah, I, I'd say let's talk about that for a minute because that does sound a little bit yeah. contrary to our experience. We feel like assertion happens all the time. Mm. So we feel like this person affects us, this person makes us mad, this mm. person um, makes us happy, this mm. person uh, uh, is let's say road rage, this person is in my way, this person has cut me off, this person, you know, there's, there's 101 things that we feel in assertion. So when somebody cuts me off now, I said, ooh, why am I a vibrational match to that? Mm. Hmm. Why? Hmm. What am I thinking about? Let me, let me think, what were my thoughts? What were my, what were my active thoughts at the moment? Oh, oh, yeah, that's, of course, that led me down the path. Okay. Mm-hmm. So By the way, then, that's then a great catch realize, when you do that. When, when, the moment that you said yeah. to yourself, what, what am I thinking about? That was a great catch because you basically yeah. stop yourself from going down the path of saying, that stupid so-and-so you know, got in my way and he created all this terrible <laughs> thing for me and all that. Yeah. And you said, nope, not going there. I realized I did this. I just got to figure out how. That's a great catch. That's like, I caught it. Mm. I caught it before I even yeah. went too far down that road. That's a good thing. And it's interesting when you teach your children this as well. So. They will um, say, you know, Dad, you're um, you're grumpy again. What are you thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> or in Jinshan, they'll run up to you and grab your middle finger, your anger finger, and they'll hold it. <laughs> it's very difficult to be angry when the kids grabbing your anger finger and holding it. <laughs> it's a nice shift, though, I would think, because, I mean, I don't have kids, but um, traditionally – and by tradition, I mean historically, uh, parents were used to the idea that all of the worst stuff they put out kept coming back to them from the kids. And it's like, you can't get away with anything. You have to be so careful about what you say to your kids. Now you're expressing how you're putting this good stuff out of the kids, and that's what comes back to you, which has a different feel to it, um, much more positive feel. It's still in your face, but it's, at least it's not the angry kind that was before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's interesting, you start recognizing, and, and this is what a lot of people would call, in doing it for centuries in different ways, um, not kind of manipulating, but, so, so, so my daughter, I said to Eloise, my three-year-old, I say, go, go drink some water. She said, no, no, I don't want water, I don't want water. I said, wow, water's nice, I like water. And I put out the vibration of water and water's nice, and I leave it. She can argue, you know, she can play her argument and do it. Then after a while, I'm thirsty, where's water? And then (laughs) she goes and drinks it. So you're just activating the vibration of what you want. Mm. Okay. And and, and I'm leaving it to her. I'm not saying you must have water. Right. Um, I'm I'm, I'm just activating the vibration of what I think may be good for her. And I'll leave, leave her to pick up if it is or isn't, you know. But sometimes you you feel as a parent that you need to guide them and when you learn how to guide correctly, you're now guiding from the point of view um, of little suggestions. Activating vibrations is the way I look at it now. Mm. I just activate the thought. My, my daughter said uh, I should tell you this, this um, experience. Okay. I was, was going to have a uh, – I'm going I'm to probably bring it up once more because I want to have a how – to, how to work with your children – um, podcast, so sure, yeah, we'll we do, a, do whole one, a whole one on, on children and, and the law of attraction. I think it'll be quite fun. Yeah, that's a good idea. But the daughter came to me once and I, she said to me, Dad, I want a bicycle. I said, Ah, you know, 
daughter of mine, um, I've taught you the law of attraction, and uh, you need to focus on what you want and not expect it to come from your parents or from anybody else. Focus on what you want. Go and visualize yourself driving, riding the bicycle, having fun, letting the wind blow through your air, and, and just have fun with it. And she went off and said, yeah, I understand that. Um, I, don't, I don't have to get it from you. So she went away, and by the end of the week, the next-door neighbor came and gave her um, a second-hand bicycle, which they had, very nice condition. Mm. And then by the end of the month, another friend of mine went to America. He, he's now living there, good friend of mine. And uh, his daughter had a bicycle. He said, would I, would I like her, her old bicycle? <laughs> and I said, uh, my daughter would love it, and it was just slightly bigger than the last one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so perfect. within a month, she had manifested all by herself for free two bicycles mm. in very good condition. So you that's know, fantastic. And, um, you know, there, there's so many stories like that when you when you get kids to understand that they don't have to go to their parents to manifest everything. And I just realized I, I said something that I want to clarify. I said that's fantastic, and it is fantastic. I, but I also realized by saying that people might think that. Oh, it's so! I, I said it's so fantastic that she was able to manifest the bicycles. That that's true. That was good to me, though. That's not the fantastic part. The fantastic part is she is learning how to be a deliberate creator from day one. That's the fantastic part. She, she absolutely. I mean, I I often think to myself, uh, I wish I had had that that uh, that kind of training early on, and I'm so thrilled that kids today, more and more of them anyway, maybe not all kids. But more and more kids are getting that kind of training, if you will, that kind of influence that says, you know, you can trust your inner being. You can trust inside. You can put the request out. It does come. You can be the total deliberate creator of your life. And that's that's a very exciting thing as far as I'm concerned. It's exciting for parents to understand that as well because a lot of parents feel they don't have the money or, or, or some mm -hmm. other issue. Right. Um, then, you know, to, to teach your child that they can manifest their own things. Mm -hmm. And because they're children, they've got less resistance, so the manifestation is easier. And, you know? and the best so, part, I think, is that when the, the kids learn that easily and that clearly, they become role models for us. I think that, yes. that kids, if, if we're willing to pay attention, kids can teach us so much about this topic, the law of attraction topic, if we just open our eyes and open our willingness to, to pay attention and believe and listen to what they're saying. Because for one thing, and most spiritual teachers will tell us this, they are closer time-wise to having complete connection, the co complete connection that we have when we're in the pure non-physical uh, and so they have more memory of it, so to speak. It's more familiar, and it's easier for them to get back to it. And mm. so if we're smart enough and, and you know wise enough to recognize that's what's actually going on, that they are in that better place, and they can adapt to it easier, and they don't have all the baggage that we've got, so they can, they can flip the switches easier. It, it gives us a reason to say, you know, we should be paying attention and learning from them. They're, they're showing us how you do it because they're so close to it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because I have mentioned to you maybe once before that I had a mentor. Um, and one thing that was interesting is that she was very, very much centered and, and, and very good at manifesting herself. But you kind of felt that she was a child when she was young, went through all the experiences that she went through, a huge amount. And then went back to like being a child. 
Hmm. And, you know, the Bible says as well, you know, become like children. And mm-hmm. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people say that. So, you know, it's interesting. Somebody said to Abram, when are you going to write a book for for adults about how to bring up children? He said, no, I'm going to write a, write a book um, about how children educate adults. Yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly um, right. Which, which is really interesting to, to see how that all works. But going, going back to health, um, I know we've got about 50 minutes there. So I wanted to bring in another aspect that has really, really helped me, and that is breathing. And as soon as you said that, I took a deep breath. As soon as you said that, like yes. seconds of it. <laughs> <laughs> breathing is uh, of, of incredible importance. Um, and I'm going to just explain this. I know I've explained it to you offline before, and I'm glad I did because I found there was some confusion there. So when I was young, I discovered I had an epiphany, and the epiphany was I am what I eat. I realized that putting good nutrition in the body gets good results and your health improves, and being a sick kid, this was like a real eye-opener for me, Mm -hmm. and I started understanding studying herbs and tissue salts and mineral vitamin tablets and how they make them and what is good for you and what's not good for you. And I learned that milk thistle is good for cleaning out your liver and uh, loads and loads and loads of things. I learned, I started growing uh, lemongrass in my garden and tearing off the leaves and putting them in hot water and having my fresh lemongrass tea every day. Wow. I started growing my own fruit and vegetables I uh, started my own herb garden, and, you know, it was, I learned so much, so much on the food. I learned a lot about protein, how it's important to build the muscles, and how protein helps burn more calories, and the more muscles you've got, burns more calories. And um, I learned about carbohydrates and why they're so important to fuel the brain, and so I went on and on and on and on and on. I mean, there's loads of information all over the internet, but all these things starting to put all the bits and pieces together and get a healthy active lifestyle and get my body in shape because I was always a skinny kid. It's quite interesting. My mother once said to me, uh, I got my body in shape in, in, in the UK and I went and visited after not being there for a while. And she looked at me because I had my t-shirt or something or something. And uh, she looked at me and said, Louis, this is the first time I can look at you without feeling embarrassed. I said, what do you mean, mom? She said, I said, why were you embarrassed about me? She said, every time I looked at you as a kid, I always felt bad because you had your ribs sticking out. You were a skinny kid. And now you're all filled out and all the rest of it. And this is the first time I can look at you without feeling embarrassed. And I was like, oh, my God. Imagine carrying that around your whole life. Mm. <laughs> it's like, normally yeah. I was like 37 when, I, when, when she gave me that comment. So it was like, wow, you know, mm. it was really, really surprising to me. And so nutrition was my one of four epiphanies. So that, that was a huge one for me. Then the next one was also equally huge. It was water. And I strongly recommend this book, and maybe you can put a link down for the listeners, is Your Body's Many Cries for Water. Okay. Uh, it's the most amazing book, and I highly recommend it for anybody. It's uh, about Dr. Batman, somebody or other. I can never pronounce his surname, an Indian guy, I think. <laughs> 
uh, or Pakistani, and um, he, he was in the Second World War concentration camp. And mm. because he was a doctor, he was allowed to look after the other patients. And the only thing he really had to give them was water, and he realized that it, it sorted out a huge amount of problems getting enough people to drink sufficient water every day. Mm. So it's a very interesting story how he left the concentration camp, and he, his whole story there was leave leave you guys to read the book and enjoy that. Um, <laughs> but he was a medical doctor, and afterwards he made a huge study on water, and of course he realized that water and salt have a very close relationship. And he found that if you put salt on the tip of your tongue, it helps you absorb water. Mm-hmm, sure. And caffeine and alcohol act as a diuretic, which means make the water pass through the body. Right. So anybody who's dehydrated needs to get a bit of salt on the tip of the tongue. Even if you take a few grains, put them on the tip of the tongue, rub it in. Because it's only the tip of the tongue that sends a signal to the brain, and the brain says absorb the water. He worked all the out. Uh, medically. So it was really interesting because um, I was often finding my skin not so uh, dry. I was more dry, etc. And once I started drinking sufficient water with a bit of salt, it really started balancing it all out. And I found that I had more energy. And I, know, I found out that a, a, a 5% drop in water gives you a 20% drop in energy and all these kind of correlations to, to water. And it was fascinating for me because uh, water is is prime, you know, the body is about 70% water and all the rest of it. So from a health perspective, I, I really started going from a sick kid to a much, much healthier kid. And as I've maybe mentioned before, I've, I'm now 51 and I'm healthier than I've ever been in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even if I do have anything that's, that's not so great, I now have the tools to be able to shift most things. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not going to use doctor if I need to Um, or take a medication or anything, but it will be when I feel it's right and never before. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll always go inside and what feels better, what feels better, and I'll follow that route to the end of the earth. You mentioned a few minutes ago the importance of breathing. Can we get back to that a little bit? Because I'm, I'm curious to know. Yeah, yeah, that's the next epiphany. That's the next epiphany. Okay. (laughs) So epiphany one, nutrition. Epiphany two, Water, specifically uh, liquid, specifically water. And epiphany three was breathing. Okay. So the way I liked putting it, and this is the way I did it when I only knew the three, and there were year gaps, massive years, sometimes many, many year gaps between these different epiphanies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I often said to somebody, you know, a lot of people used to say to me once, because I had the active vibration probably, you are what you eat. I said, are you really? And they'd look at me because I always like questioning beliefs. So, and I, and I said, aren't you more what you breathe? Um, or aren't you more what you drink than what you eat? And they look at me. I said, you drink a lot more than you eat. And even your food's got water in it. Isn't water more important than food? And then they go, and uh, I suppose you've got something there. And then I would ask, and then I would say to them, um, but aren't you even more what you breathe? And I'll say, what, what are you talking about? I say, well, you breathe every second, don't you? You know, breathing's all the time. Water drinking is only, you know, so much per day, and eating is only like three or four times a day. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the importance of breathing is miles more 
than um, than the other two. So, you know, they would come to agree with me. So I said, Would, wouldn't it be great if you learned how to breathe better? <laughs> I remember my dad's comment to that. He said to me, Louis, I know how to breathe. I've been breathing my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I love that comment. Which is true. It is, it is true. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who studied breathing, that's very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny to anybody. <laughs> uh, I had to laugh when he said that. It was like, how do you argue with that? Um, so then I said, okay, if I want to get healthy, do I focus on nutrition? Do I focus on liquid? Or do I focus on breathing? Which one's going to give me the better results quicker? Okay. It's most definitely breathing. So when I only had the three, because I talked about four epiphanies, <clears throat> then that was the story I sold to people. Mm -hmm. Then I had the Abram Hicks epiphany, which is you are what you think. Mm. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about nutrition, you're thinking. If you're thinking about drinking, you're thinking. If you're thinking about breathing, you're thinking. <laughs> or to put it another way. You, you, you can't get it away. You can't get away from thinking. You, you probably breathe a few thousand times a day, but you think. Thousands and thousands of thoughts per day. Mm. Do you get it? Oh, yes. So what I'm trying to point out to anybody is if you're going down the route of getting healthier or wanting to get into a place, a healthier place, the biggest boon you can have is your thoughts. Mm. Yeah, the next biggest boon to use your thoughts is to get your thoughts to help you breathe better. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we will go back to breathing. And then... And then you go to liquids, and then you go to nutrition. But which one does society focus on most? Food. Food. The least important one. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> we do a lot of things backwards. That's why we're kind of – we like to say that we're advanced technologically and so forth. But in many ways, we're just backwards. <laughs> uh, it makes me laugh a lot. It really does. It's a good point, though. So, I, I, I love your four epiphanies is. and how they line up because when you line them up that way, it becomes very, very clear where the importance is and where – I mean, <clears throat> you, you can go without food for, what, six days, seven days, something like that. Um, you, you can go without water longer. I'm not sure what – I don't remember what the exact numbers about are. About 40 days or so. Is that what it is? No, okay. water, water is about 40 days. Mm -hmm. Food is about seven or well, five to seven. But I breath, suppose. you can go, what, a minute, two minutes? And then your, your brain exactly. starts suffering hypoxia. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Oh, there's a big difference there. And thoughts, exactly. I don't know how you can go without thoughts. Is it even possible to go without thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not thinking, you're dead. You that's know. pretty much it. <laughs> and even then, I'm not so sure if that's true. But <laughs> Well, it's not. Abram teaches you to still your thoughts, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. He yeah. was talking about how, Abr how Esther has got to the place of and, and I really want to do a whole podcast on, on Abram Hicks because I feel maybe some of our listeners are not clear about of, of where they fit into the whole picture. Um, and, and I do have a lot of knowledge on, on that area. And, and it would be great just to, to play around with a specific podcast week just on Abram Hicks, I think. Sure. Um, that, that, that would appeal to me immensely. Um, so I used to say this. What you've just worked out there, I used to say, Walt, I used to say to people – um, just going to check the time quick. Maybe we got about uh, three and a half yeah. minutes or so. So I used to say to them, you know, what would you die of first? Breathing, drinking, or eating? And then 
get them to really understand the importance of, of the breathing side. Right. Uh, and now I would do that with thought as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but Abram Hicks does teach you to still the mind and Esther was stilling the mind. And it was interesting because basically Abram was saying this to the stage where, you know, these Buddhist monks where you can do anything in front of them, shout or jump up and down or play loud music or hit them or do anything. And they just sit there in a complete, complete, zone you know completely Mm -hmm. still mind with nothing affects them and it's interesting that esther's got to that level because that is that is an amazing place to be Mm. (laughs) that is somewhere i've never been it's it's very (laughs) very strong self-discipline to be in that place again um i would i would ease that statement well okay that's uh, fine well that's how far i've got to go a, a very calm serene Holy place. I'd like to use the word holy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Whole, no space. <laughs> oh, right. Yep. <laughs> no, that's just another way of looking at holy. Um, so, yeah, the, the, that, that is really my, my breakdown. I, I wanted to bring in that. Uh, one of the things I probably wanted to spend a little bit of time on is the four, seven, eight breathing techniques. So you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for seven and you breathe out for eight. Now, four, I seven, strongly eight. recommend anybody put into YouTube four, seven, eight. And there's two main videos. One is by Dr. Wise or something like that. And the other one is an animation on the four, seven, eight. Do yourself a huge favor. Have a look at that because if anybody's got a nervous um, disposition, uh, tension, stress, any of those kind of things, these 478 is absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. So simple to do. It's not complicated, um, and it gets very quick and good results. So um, I just wanted to bring that in as a final uh, tip, if anybody does it. 478, breathing for four seconds, hold for seven And breathe out. Four, eight. Four again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a very simple, very simple, but incredibly effective. Please, guys, give that a whirl. You won't be disappointed. I will try that. I've never heard that one. That That's one I'll definitely look into to find out what that's all about. And uh, we can even... It's the simplicity. I, after doing many, many advanced yoga mm-hmm. uh, pranayama techniques, you really, I was really looking for something that I can share easily with other people. And, a good one. Um, I'm, I'm, I really like the 478. Good. Well, good. Well, thank you. This has been uh, educational, and uh, it was a great emergency fill-in considering that we had to uh, bring our guests back next week, but that's something to look forward to. Astrid's going to be joining us to talk about Jinshin, and, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be talking to you in a Me week. Me too. Yeah, good. <laughs> so I'll talk to you in a week, and we hope that uh, you all will join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Take care.